Our limitations, self-doubt, and limiting beliefs about ourselves. Why do we give them so much power? I'm Simon Caruso, and this is the Limitless Man Podcast, speaking to those who doubted their own doubts and overcame limitations to pursue their very own limitless potential. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the podcast. Today's guest was born and raised in India and has been a successful pharmacist for many years, but was unhappy and unfulfilled for a period of time before discovering the power of meditation. Now he's created the first ever app, which uses a vibrational frequency to enhance meditation. And is also the author of the book titled The Man with Zero Talent. He's also written the lyrics of the song Rise from the Ashes, which features in Spotify. Sanjib Nandi, welcome to the podcast and thank you for coming on. Thank you, Simon, for inviting me in this show. It's a pleasure and an honor to speak with you and with your audience. Ah, you're more than welcome. Now, like I was saying before I hit record, you know, you come from a unique background because, well, one, you're born and raised in India, you've gone on to become a pharmacist and a successful one but then you discovered meditation as well and and quite often with traditional science um, traditional science and meditation don't often or don't always I should say um, see eye to eye so you've come from from both worlds which I think is awesome so you can give our audience a bit of an insight as to how the power of meditations influenced your life after you know becoming quite a successful pharmacist so you initially wanted to become a doctor is that correct? Oh, yes. Yeah. The first aim was to become a doctor, but I was uh, not selected in any of the medical colleges. So the second option was pharmacy. So I decided, okay, you know, this is the second best option. And I decided to jump in the pharmacy. And I'm quite happy, you know, that I have chosen pharmacy rather than becoming a doctor. Yeah. And so did you choose your career while in India or had you made the switch already? So had you moved to the United States before then? Uh, No, I have lived in India for 26 years and I finished my pharmacy schooling in India. After finishing my pharmacy schooling, I went to London in 2002. I lived there for five years. And then in 2008, I came to United States and I have been living here for the past 14 years. How's the time been in the United States? Oh, man, it's, it's been amazing. You know, I love the job which I do. You know, the people are nice. So it's, it's been a different experience. You know, I have lived in different parts of the world. I have known people from a different continent. So it's a life-changing experience. It has given me a broader perspective of life. You know, how people lived in India, how people lived in Europe, and how people lived in America. Because, you know, there is a cultural difference. So everybody thinks and behaves in a different way. And I am into, you know, human psychology, like, you know, why does people behave, you know, the way they do it? Yeah, it's interesting. I'm curious to know, just going back now from your childhoods, when I, well, I was born in Australia, my parents moved here from another country. So they moved initially to, I guess, start a better life for them. So that was the reason they, they made the move. What was the reason you decided to actually move? Because it's, it seems like you were quite educated, you were established. Was it a family decision? Was it for more opportunities? Was it just for personal reasons that you made the move? 
No, it was for better opportunity. Like India, the pharmacy field was not growing when I finished it. So I was looking for a better opportunity, a better life. So to have a better life and a better opportunity, I moved to London. And I worked there for five years. Again, you know, I was looking for a better opportunity uh, after, you know, going to London. And then I decided to move to United States because the opportunities is United States is more than in any place in the world. Because, you know, as you know, that's, it's called the land of opportunity. So, you know, I thought, you know, moving here will be the best choice for me. And so... You spoke highly of the United States and you spoke highly of the opportunities, you know, that it presented itself. A lot of the listeners listening to this have had some pretty good opportunities as well. In Australia, we've got a pretty good, a pretty good lifestyle. And I would say we've got one of the best opportunities in the world in terms of to progress if you're that way inclined and you, and you put in the work and the effort. I'm just curious to know, so you were unhappy for a period of time. You stated in your bio, so a little bit unfulfilled, feelings of unhappiness, quite a successful career. Now, I'd imagine you were making some pretty good money as well as a pharmacist. So on face value, it all looks pretty good, doesn't it? You know? Yes, yes, definitely. (laughs) And so when did you start experiencing these feelings of, you know, displeasure, dissatisfaction, unfulfillment into your career before you decided you needed to sort of look for this new thing which you found called meditation so simon you know as uh, as you know that you know from the age of 16 i will say that uh, i have been feeling every 5 years miserably and every 10 years i have to reinvent myself like okay. you know when i finished my schooling i don't know what to do like i was struggling i was not able to decide i was not able to you know get into get into good colleges So I struggled for one year. So that was a kind of a struggle at one point. Once I finished my pharmacy schooling, you know, I was not happy with uh, the job opportunities I was giving in India. So I was, again, very unsatisfied. And that is the reason I started looking into opportunities abroad so that, you know, I can have, you know, better opportunities. So that's the reason I moved there again at that point. You know, it was roughly five years from the time I finished my high school that I was again in a situation which was uh, rather tough for me. And uh, again, around five or six years after I moved to London, because, you know, again, the things were becoming stagnant for me there. So I wanted to move uh, a, a better opportunities from London and that's the reason I jumped to United States. And again, it was not an easy journey. You know, every journey was hard. Every journey was tough. Because, you know, when I landed in United Kingdom, London, for the first time in 2002, I did not have any money. I landed there with $150 in my pocket. And as you know that, you know, going to any foreign country with $150, you can stay for two or three days in a max in in a motel too. So it was hard, you know, figuring everything out, you know, making a place there, finding a job. And I was able to do all that. And I was able to save good money in five years. I bought my own house in that period, in that, you know, one and a half years or two years 
after I landed in London, I bought my own house back in India. So which was a great achievement. It's amazing. Now in 2008, when I came to United States, my degrees are not valid in United States. Okay, is so that I right? To, okay. Yes. So you have to do it again. So, yeah, so I have to reciprocate whatever the degrees, okay. pharmacy degrees, which I have done in India. So it took me two years to reciprocate all the degrees here. So it means, you know, I was working 60 hours a week, then I'm coming home studying. I have a family, I have a kid. So it was not an easy process. And there are four exams which has to be cleared. You know, in in the third or fourth exam, it was a, a test of English knowledge. I failed in that exam 13 times before I cleared it. How many? And Sorry, how many times? 13 times. 13 times, okay. 13 times. And you can see by my conversation that, you know, I'm good at, you know, speaking English. Mm. But, you know, the way they have set the exams that, you know, it has to be very hard and they evaluate it so tough that it is very hard to clear for anybody. Mm. So I'm in a foreign country, you know, trying to clear English exam, you know, which is taking me 13 attempts and I have cleared my pharmacy exams very easily. So it was not an easy process, but, you know, these hurdles are always there for everyone. And that is the point which I wanted to make to the listeners that, you know, everybody has problems. Life is difficult for everyone. It's not that, you know, life is hard for you only because we always think, okay, why this is happening to me? Why life is hard to me? You know, why God is not helping me? But the fact is, you know, life is hard for everyone. Mm. And if I look back, you know, to my parents, they have been struggling in their life too. They have a very simple life, but they have their own struggles. And the same way, you know, my son or, you know, anybody, your kid or your daughter is going to struggle at some point in their life. They are going to fail face down and they have to get back up. And that is the process of life. And that is the story of everybody's life that you are going to fail at some point in your life. But the way you get back in your life, that is the most important thing. Sanjeev, I want to take you back to the UK because you you just raised some good points. You know, being resilient and being adaptable are two traits that, especially over the last three years, you know, with with what's happened in the world, it's, in my opinion, it's those people that can become the most adaptable and the most resilient sooner rather than later are going to take advantage of opportunities and, you know, just get on with their lives. So you mentioned you landed there with £150 or $150 was. Do you remember how you actually set yourself a plan to, to, you know, build on that, to get a job? Like, do you, do you remember that day when you landed there and the first job that you were able to, to secure over there? Oh, yes. I still remember the day. And, you know, it was not an easy uh, path, Simon. Like, you know, I landed there on uh, October 3rd. And I was able to get a job in seven days. I was a pharmacy technician job. But there is a sad story at the same time. You know, it it was very sad, uh, you know, which I... I don't know whether I wanted to mention it or not, but I'm still mentioning it, that 18 days after landing to United Kingdom, my mother died of cancer. And I did not have any money to come back to India for her funeral. Yeah. 
so i stayed there because i did not have any 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 opportunities and you can imagine that you know i am in a foreign country i don't know anybody i don't have any friends i kind of you know land in my first job no money but in spite of that you know i thought okay you know this is my chance and i'm going to take my opportunity and move forward yeah and i have done the best in that situation and i was able to move forward and you know i am glad that you know rather than coming back to india i stayed there i worked hard and i was able to build a life from there yeah that, that's amazing um inspirational and yeah it just shows if you put one foot in front of the other what what you can do so you've you've spent some time in there in the uk you've moved over to the us and you've had to basically a real credit all your you know, academic achievements. So you've had to go through that whole process again. You've done that. So you've been able to get a job as a pharmacist now. Is that correct? Yes. I've been working as a pharmacist for the past 12 years. Okay. And then at what point did you come across this concept of meditation and what it could do for your life? Okay. So Simon, as you know, that I have failed every five years. So in 2014, again, you know, my life was miserable. you know i was struggling and uh, you know some of the situation is beyond my control and i don't know what to do so i was trying to find a solution so i went back to india a couple of times i was looking for solution outside me i was thinking you know maybe god will help me or maybe you know my friends will help me or my family will help me but you know i was not getting the support or the help from anybody and after struggling and after being depressed for 3 years you know on and off from 2014 to 2016 i was not able to find a solution and i was going deeper and deeper into depression deeper and deeper into anxiety which was not solving me anything and which is not giving me anything in return i was earning you know handsomely but my life was going downhill and people around me doesn't know anything about it you know the struggle was inside me you know outside you know it was a happy face you know i was able to project it but inside i know that you know my life is going um not the way i wanted it and it is going downhill and i know that i have to do some kind of change by 2016 and if i i know that if i don't do any kind of change you know my life is going to go end at some point you know it is come to that bottom line you know i i was so close and so bottom line in my life that i don't know okay what has to be done and i have a kid who was around 5 or 6 years i thought you know i cannot leave this world you know leaving him struggling in this life you know how he will reflect to his dad that you know he left this world you know not taking care of his kid so at that point i started okay you know what can i do now because i have to do something i know that and at that point i started okay why don't i start meditation because as i am from india and you know the meditation has been started in indian culture so i thought okay let me sit for 5 or 10 minutes and see what it can do for me so that is the reason i started meditation not by choice but you know i don't have any choice left at that point 
So after doing it for six to eight weeks, I started seeing, you know, small improvements in my life. Like I was a little bit calmer. My aggression was less. I was not overeating or over drinking like I used to do before. What happens to me, you know, when I used to go to work, I used to come back. I used to stuff myself with food and, you know, I used to get that pleasure from food. Yeah. So, you know, those things were getting lesser. And after doing it for eight weeks, I thought, you know, this is definitely helping me. And at the same time, you know, I thought, okay, you know, I wanted to have a goal in my life. I, my wildest dream is to become a speaker in my life. So I thought, okay, let me, you know, go towards that direction and see where it can lead me. So I started, you know, preparing myself. I started reading books. And one of the books which I read, I think that was my third book, Think and Grow Rich. Yeah. So I started learning by reading from the books, okay, what's, what people has done it, you know, what is positivity, how I can change my life. Because, you know, I am at the bottom line. I, now I have to come from that negativity to positivity. And then I can think about, you know, going to my higher potential. So after doing it for a couple of months, I started walking at that same time. I thought, okay, you know, let me implement, you know, walking in my life. I started walking for 15 to 20 minutes and eventually increased to 45 minutes. So I combined walking, meditation. It was helping me. I was going in the right direction. I have a goal in my mind that I wanted to become a speaker so that I can help other people at the same time. And after walking for maybe one year or one and a half years, my body told me, you know, now it is the time to run. Mm. You can jog now. I thought, okay, if my body is telling me to jog, why not? So then I decided that I wanted to, you know, jog for one mile with my son. So once I did one mile with my son, I thought, okay, you know, I have done one mile. What is the next thing which I can do? So after that, I ran a five mile by myself which was kind of, you know, very easy for me. I thought, okay, you know, I can do five miles. The person who hasn't run a single mile all his life can run a five mile. What is the next big thing he can do it? So then I decided, okay, you know, I can do, I wanted to try a half marathon. And which, you know, which I came across a flyer, which was close to my house. And with four practice run, I ran my half marathon. And that completely changed my life, Simon. I thought, you know, if I can run a half marathon, I can do anything in this world. Yeah. And after finishing that half marathon, you know, like I have few tears in my eyes, you know, the confidence which it gave me that, you know, there is something and every human being has the potential inside them. The thing is, we have to dig deeper. And from that point, I started, you know, digging deeper inside me. I know that, you know, we have it inside us, but how do we dig inside so that we can get that higher potential? So once I finished that half marathon, I started preparing for a full marathon because I don't want it to go towards that negativity back again. I wanted to, you know, grab that opportunity of positivity, which has came to my life. And I wanted to go forward. So after four months, I ran my full marathon and I was a completely different person. As you have uh, 
uh, known the phrase that you are a completely different person, you know, once you have finished a full marathon. So it was a life-changing experience. And I will definitely say that, you know, there is uh, definitely help of uh, two people, you know, who has helped me progress or move towards a better life, which definitely first is my mom and second is my son. They are always with me to help me and guide me and to push me towards a better future. And that is the reason I was able to come to this level. And once I finished that half marathon, I was, you know, doing cold showers. I was implementing different things at that time in my life. You know, I was eating healthy. I thought, okay, what is the other things which I can implement so that I can become better? Because now it has become a goal. Okay, you know, these are the things which is helping. What are the other things which I can implement? And so slowly, this is a slow process which has taken me two and a half years to implement everything. And once I have learned everything, I thought, okay, you know, I'm in a position where I can write a book so that people can help from what I have learned in these three years. Because I don't want it to keep to myself only. There are so many people who are struggling in this life. There are so many women, there is so many child, there is so many adults who don't know what they wanted to do in their life. So what we can, you know, once I have learned it, I wanted to give this knowledge to all the people who wanted to learn it. So, you know, again, this process of writing this book took me six months. I wrote this book and I gave around 750 books free of cost to to all the friends, my family, to the libraries where I live. So that was kind of, you know, my giving back to this world because we cannot always take back from this world. We have to give back at some point in our life. Okay, you know, these are the things which I wanted to give back to the society, to the world, so that, you know, there is somebody who can not, you know, remember me, but they can learn from what I have learned. Tell us about the book, Sanjib. Tell us about you know, the way you structure the book. I haven't read the book yet, to be honest. Um, but tell us the reason you wrote the book. It's, if I'm, I'm looking at the title, so The Man with Zero Talent. So is that almost like a metaphor in the sense that you can start with nothing and then just build your way into whatever it is that you want to become? Well, yes, Definitely. Like, you know, I definitely believe that no human being is born talented. You have to acquire those talents with practice and reputation. And that is the reason I wanted to, you know, write the name. Okay, you know, that I am, I don't have any talents, but I wanted to improve myself and I wanted to help other people at the same time. And the book, you know, definitely does not justify what I have written it. But, you know, this is what came in my mind. And people still question me, why did you write, you know, give the book the name, The Man with Zero Talent? I could have, you know, given the book any name, be be stronger, be greater, you know, anything. But, you know, I wanted to show the, you know, world that, you know, it is possible and you can do changes in your life that anybody at any age can change. 
And, and learning is one of the things we can learn anything at any age. I started changing myself at the age of 37. Yeah. And if I can change at the age of 37, you know, any human being can change at any time. Simon, you know, frankly speaking, I was a very nervous public speaker. Yeah. If, if you would have, you know, asked me five years back whether you will speak in public or you will die, I will, I will definitely choose to die rather than speak in public. Most people do, Sanjeev. Apparently, that's a true, true story. Uh, they've done studies on this. So, Yes, you know, that's a true story. And that was my thing. I was, you know, nervous, scared, terrified of public speaking. But now you tell me to speak in, you know, public, you know, I don't have any hesitation, you know, speaking about what I think about life, what is my perspective of life. So this has taken a while, but there are steps which I have implemented and have written in my book, you know, how to change yourself. Because if somebody is in a negative state of mind, and it can be any reason, like you, you lost your job, or you are divorced, or your parents are sick, or you are having difficulty, you know, having conceiving a child, you know, problems, or you are having, you know, cancer. So any, you know, everybody has a different problem. My problem is different from your problem and your problem can be different from somebody else's problem. But everybody has problems. And that is the first chapter in my life that life is messy. Life is messy for everyone. Yeah. It's for you, me and everybody. But in spite of that messiness, how do we move forward? We cannot say, oh, you know, life is messy. I cannot do anything. I, I will sit in my couch and, you know, just let the life pass by. We cannot mm. let it do. We have to do the best we can do in any given situation. So that is the first chapter that life is messy and how do we move forward? So the second chapter is moving forward that in spite of all the difficulties, in spite of all the bad circumstances, you know, which we are having or anybody else is having, we have to move forward and take the best step we can take on that particular day. And move, you know, keep on building on those things. The third chapter is about Kaizen, which is a Japanese concept, which is improving your small consistent changes over a period of time. Because we cannot change ourselves in a single day. It takes yeah. a little while to change ourselves. Because we have to implement habits, we have to implement different techniques in, in our uh, daily routine so that we can become better and uh, bigger than what we were yesterday. So Kaizen is a philosophy which has been used in the manufacturing industry, but now it has been used in the self-help industry that we can improve small consistent changes. And if we are doing, you know, as small as the changes of 0.01%, mm. we can improve ourselves by 37 times in one year. Yeah. And again, you know, now my expertise is in, in brain. You know, I study about brain. I study about uh, uh, neuro philosophy, neuropsychology. That, oh, how does our brain work? Like if I tell you, Simon, that you have to wake tomorrow five o'clock in the morning, you will say, oh, hell no. I'm used to waking at seven o'clock. I'm not going to wake up at five o'clock in the morning. Yeah. 
But if I say, Simon, can you wake up at 6.57? You mm. will say, oh, piece of cake, three minutes, I can do it. Oh, I can do that. That's easy. That's easy. Yeah. You have to, you know, mind hack your own brain. Mm. Rather than saying, you know, I'm going to go for a jog for two miles, say yourself, I will go for a block. You know, I will walk just a block today. And the second day, you can do two blocks and gradually improve on that. Because if we are do, trying to do a drastic change, your mind is going to revolt against you. It is going to say, no, this is not the routine. This is not I'm going to do it. Mm. And in, in spite of you are highly motivated, if you go for a jog, your body is going to ache. Then your mind is going to say to you, see, your body is ho- aching now. I told you not to go for it. And the third day you will say, you know, you are right. I'm not going to go from now onwards. Yeah. So rather than doing drastic changes, do small, consistent changes. Yeah. So that is the third chapter. And the fourth chapter is about potentiality. Like, how do we reach our full potential? Mm. Because every human being has potential. Every human being has the capacity to reach where he wants to reach. But how do you reach there? Like, if we take it from a scale of zero to 100... And just assume, you know, Steve Jobs is at 100 because he has achieved, you know, so much in as short a span of life. And just assume that I wanted to reach 100. How should I reach a potential of 100? And, you know, if I'm at uh, right now 20 or 30, so how much I can improve myself? And definitely I can say that, you know, what uh, techniques and tools which I have written in my books a person can improve themselves by 20 to 25% within eight weeks. Now, if somebody will come to me and say, you know, can I become an Elon Musk? You know, from zero to 100, it might be harder, but, you know, you can definitely improve from 60 to 80 or, you know, 20 to 40. So there is always a scope of improvement. And yeah. again, you know, it has to be in a, such a way that you are constantly working on those skills. Yeah. Then only you can improve yourself. Yeah, it's a slow incremental process. I've heard other people speak about this before as well. And there's a book called Atomic Habits by James Clear. Have you, yes. you read that book, Sanjib? Yeah. Yes. The yes. concept you described then is very similar to what I've read in that book there. So it, it's about... You know, just these subtle little changes, you know, they're ever so subtle every day, just aiming to get that little bit better, making that that minor adjustment to your life, which over time, like no different to if you're on a plane and the plane's flying from, from one destination to, to the other, you know, the pilot makes a series of small little corrections. You know, there might be one or two degrees, but that can be all the difference because if those changes aren't made, I mean, the plane could end up in one direction as opposed to its intended destination. So it was explained to me like that as well. And there was a, there was a basketball coach, I believe, which I read in that book, which spoke about the point was the point one percent. I'm not sure if you know which coach I'm referring to. I can't remember the name now of the coach, but he basically implemented a Pat Riley, I believe it was, from the Los Angeles Lakers back in the eighties. And he implemented mm-hmm. this, this technique with his whole team where they focus on these, these little, was it one percenters or point one percenters? And he yeah, came up with a system. It was one person. Yeah. He came yeah, up with an actual if, system. Yeah. That if, you know, like if the whole team has to improve it, 
Yeah. By 10%, if every person is improving by 1%, the whole team is going to improve by 10%, yeah. rather than one pers- person improving by 10%, which yeah. is, you know, very hard. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. And, and the way he came up with a whole measuring system for this as well, which, you know, which was amazing. So I want to I want to talk about meditation again, because I mean, predominantly, I want to get to your app as well, that you've you've come out with, because I think, you know, that's going to have some relevance as well. But to people that have never tried meditation before, and a lot of people perhaps have heard of this concept of meditation, they've thought about it, but they just haven't done it. You know, how do you describe it? Like, what is what is it you actually do? if you haven't done it before initially, just to get yourself used to this whole process we call meditation? So medica- you know, meditation, as people might have the misconception that it is related to Hinduism or Buddhism, meditation is basically a mental exercise to focus your concentration in an object or a place or a thing. And, and, and you can do it with, you know, closing your eyes or you can do it with opening, opening your eyes. You can do sitting in the chair or you can, you know, sit in the floor cross leg. It's okay. up to you. Okay. So, so it's nothing related to religion, you know, which I just wanted to, you know, the misconception, I just yeah. wanted to make it clear that it has nothing to do with uh, any kind of religion. Mm. And I'm not promoting any kind of religion here. I do meditation so that, you know, I can have a focus and concentration so that I can live a happy and healthy life. That is every person, you know, goal to have a happy, healthy and successful life. That's what we are aiming for. You know, we all human beings are going for this you know, happiness and healthiness and being successful and how we can become happy, healthy and successful without the concentration of the mind. And it can be any person. You can be a scientist or you can be a professor or you can be a student or you can be an entrepreneur or you are a musician. Without the concentration of the mind, you cannot achieve anything in life. A student, if he's not able to concentrate on his uh, schoolwork, he's not going to achieve anything in in his academics or, you know, in anywhere. And nobody, you know, from my childhood till I become a pharmacist, nobody taught us how to concentrate. Nobody, you know, everybody taught us about, you know, maths, everybody taught about science, but nobody taught us, you know, how to concentrate better, Mm -hmm. which is the most important thing, you know, which I believe now. Yeah. When you say concentrate, are you making reference to focus or to be present or both? Because where I'm going with this is when I have experimented with meditation amongst other techniques to make progression in my life. And what I found with meditation is, especially when I first started doing it, I would jump around to what I had to do throughout the day, all these thoughts about what happened yesterday instead of actually being present. So can you just, for our listeners, can you clarify, is there a difference, you know, between being present or being focused or do the two sort of work together hand in hand it it works together the main thing is you have to be present at that moment and simon you are absolutely right that your mind is going to wander it is going to go to different places 
but the only thing is bring it back to where you wanted to concentrate. I have been doing meditation for five years and still my mind wanders to different places. It goes yeah. uh, and what I do is rather than stressing myself, I bring the thought back to what I wanted to, you know, put my concentration on. That is what it is. Mm. Nobody can concentrate for 20 minutes for one thought. It is not easy. It is going to go to different places and which is quite normal, which is nothing different. You know, nobody is going to say that, but that is the truth. Yeah. But you have to just bring it back and slowly, you know, it is going to improve yourself. And, and you are able to, you know, increase your focus and concentration eventually. Like it, it, it's hard, you know, like our brain is not made to focus for so long for, mm. you know, the whole day. And, you know, like I will tell you a little bit about brain, you know, as, as we are into meditation, that our brain is a three pound, it weighs around three pounds and it consumes 20 to 25% of our energy. Now, if the brain is consuming 20 to 25% of energy in resting phase, if you are trying to concentrate for 20 minutes or half an hour, how much energy it is going to consume? So the role of your brain is to keep, keep you in a place which is safe, to keep you in a place which is happy or which is not a tough situation. It, it wants it to keep in a, you know, in a comfortable position so that you, you are not, a, uh, there is no problems or there is no, uh, no threatened situation. That is the role of your uh, brain. And... And I just wanted to clarify a little bit between, you know, what is brain and what is mind at the same time. Yeah, this is interesting, this topic. I, I can't wait to hear this. So, yeah, go for it. Yes. So brain in action is the mind. So brain is the hardware. Mind is the software. And you are the person who is going to run this software. So like, you know, in a computer, there is a hardware, there is a software. Yeah. And you are the person who runs this, you know, computer. Yes. The same way, if you are giving in charge to you, the mind to run you, the mind is going to run you. It is going to keep you in a place which is safe. It is telling you don't take anything which is adventurous. Don't do anything which will put you in a spot. Don't do any kind of those things. But you have to be in control of this mind. And to give you a metaphor, like just assume that uh, tomorrow morning you decided I wanted to wake up at five o'clock in the morning. You set an alarm clock, you decided and you are highly motivated. I wanted to wake up at five o'clock in the morning. What happens? The alarm rings at five o'clock. You know, it's cozy. It's, um, it's, uh, it's, it's cold outside. And uh, you say, oh, you know, 10 more minutes. Your mind says 10 more minutes yeah. in sleep. And what is going to happen? And you agree with the mind, okay, 10 more minutes, you know, that's fine. You, you know, snooze the alarm and you again go to bed. Again, after 10 minutes, you know, the alarm snoozes and again, your mind tells you, see how good you feel. Sleep for 10 more minutes. Nothing is going to happen. Mm. You again snooze the button. You again sleep for 10 more minutes. Then the third alarm rings. And the, you know, mind again tells you, see how comfortable you feel. Yeah. 
So, you know, this is the role of your mind. And, you know, at the fourth alarm, when you say, no, if I don't wake up now, I'm going to go for, late for work, then you take charge of your mind. Okay. So that is the difference between mind and you. If you let the mind take control of you, the mind is always going to, you know, overpower you and keep you in a comfortable position. You have to be in charge of your mind. So that is the difference between mind and you. And you have to train this mind to work for you. And that is, you know, there are techniques which I have implemented in my life, which has helped me, you know, take better control of my life. Yeah. Let's talk about the app, Sanjib. So you've released the app, is that correct? Yes. Okay. So it's the first app ever that uses vibrational frequency to enhance the experience of meditation. Is that correct in saying that? Yes. Okay. Can you just explain what that means? How does that work? Okay. So let me tell you a little bit about my app. You know, my app has the different features. First of all, it is a free app. Yep. There is no subscription. Anybody can download from anywhere in the world. You can go to the Google Play Store or the App yeah. uh, Play Store and you we'll, can download it for free. We'll put that in the show so, notes as well. So that, that'll all be there, guys. Okay, yeah. So uh, the app has different section. It has meditation, it has exercise, it has a water intake, it has sleep analysis, it has a mood checks, gratitude, and eventually, you know, it will have live meditation, yoga, healthy eating, all these things will be there, um, which is in the second phase. But right now, there are so many things which a user can use it. And what I think is, you know, we are using audio frequency from 396 hertz to 963 hertz. And what I mean by vibrational meditation is you can keep your phone in your palm and the phone will vibrate and it will give you a frequency of 100 to 200 hertz. Okay. And what it is going to do is it is going to enhance your meditation and how it is going to enhance. We have four kinds of brain waves in our brain, like there is alpha waves, beta, delta, and gamma waves. So when you are sleeping, we have delta waves. When we wake up, it is theta waves. Now, after waking, after sometimes it is alpha waves. And then, you know, when I'm speaking with you, I'm in uh, beta waves. So what that will do is it will slow down your brain waves. Once you are able to switch from beta to alpha to theta, you are slowing the electrical activity in your brain. And that will help you sleep better and that will, you know, calm you down. So that is the whole objective. Okay, you know, it is going to enhance your meditation by reducing the brain waves, which is there and which will help you, you know, sleep better, better focus, which will calm you down. And there are so many other features which is associated with meditation. Uh, just to explain you briefly, like most of the features people know it, but three of the features which I wanted to just describe briefly. Yeah. That 
um, what meditation does is we have left hemisphere and right hemisphere, which is, you know, either we are left brainers or right brainers. Left brainers means, you know, who, the person who are logical, reasoning, analytical mind. And right brainers who have more artistic or imaginative uh, thing who are good at arts and science. So there is a connection between left and brain, left and right brain, which is called corpus callosum. Doing eight weeks of meditation increases the thickness of this corpus callosum. And what does it mean that you become whole brainers? Like you are able to join the left and the right brain and you become whole brainers like people like Elon Musk, Steve Jobs, like you, you are able to use both sides of your brain. Okay. Means you are able to use your reasoning, uh, reasoning, logical, imaginative, intuitive, all of this mind. The second thing is it increases the thickness of uh, hippocampi. And what is the hippocampus? It's our, it's our learning and memory center. Like whatever we are learning, it gets stored there. So what meditation does, it increases the thickness and velocity of hippocampus so that we have a good memory. And third thing is, you know, after eight weeks of meditation, it shrinks the amygdala. Amygdala is the fear or the flight system, which is there in the midbrain. And once that fear centers get shrunk, you are more open to taking chances in your life like you will take your risks in you know in entrepreneurship or in any field like you are not fearful in any difficult situation so these are the three things you know which is scientifically you know proven that what meditation does in our brain and to change is to change our brain i can you know give an inspirational speech and you know motivate you for one or two days mm. but until and unless you ch- you are changing the physical and the chemical structure of the brain you are not able to change yourself you know wholly yeah no that's a great insight and i i didn't know that at all to be honest so that's i've just learned something today which you know is handy so when people if people want to start meditating What's a sufficient time to start? Would you say five minutes a day? Would you say a couple of minutes a day? So what would it, what would it be? Start with two minutes. Okay. Two minutes is more than enough, you know, in the beginning. Just sit for two minutes. Just try to concentrate on your breath or any thought you wanted to think or a beach you wanted to have, you know, if you wanted to have a, imagine a scene like that, which is fine. Two minutes yeah. is more than enough and gradually build on that. Yeah. Because again, you know, we have to gradually build on one thing rather than stuffing up ourselves with, you know, doing 20 minutes because it is not going to help you. Once you are doing gradually, you are definitely going to improve on that. Yeah. And, and, and don't be like me because I love what you said before, how if your, if your brain wanders off, I thought I wasn't doing it right. You know, and I would say to everyone, I'm not doing it right. Like it's, I, I can't concentrate. And people would say to me, yes, that's, you are doing it right. That's the point. It's not meant to be easy. You know, so it's completely normal to have these yeah, it's, thoughts where you're just all over the place. So just yes. bring yourself back. Yeah. Yes. You know, that, that, that's the, that's the key, Simon, you know, and nobody tells you these things. Everybody yeah. say, oh no, this is not. 
everybody you know who is meditating thoughts are going to go in different places because mm. as you know we think 60 to 70000 thoughts per day yeah and uh, 90% of the thoughts are negative mm. and as you have read and think and grow rich that in our brain is a receiver and transmitter at the same time some of the thoughts which come to our mind we don't know why we are thinking it yeah and some of the th- thoughts which will come you know the creative thoughts you don't know from where it came from i know you know it seems those who have not acknowledged that it's hard to understand it but you know our mind is very powerful and some of the thoughts which come to our mind we don't know how it comes to our mind yeah well, i mean napoleon hill often references in the book thinking grow rich is something called the ether Now, the ether being the infinite intelligence, the energy. You know, mm-hmm. some people call it religion. You know, other people call it you know the universe, whatever it is. But he makes reference to this, and it's about humans being able to tap into this through their own frequency. And to my understanding, Sanjib is obviously through meditation and through practice, focused and being present, you're able to actually raise your frequency. Would that be fair to say? Oh yes definitely you know you know more about frequencies as you know that if we are vibrating at a lower frequency of anger hatred jealousy we are going to attract you know the same kind of people and the same kind of environment or the same kind of situation but if we are vibrating in happiness joy peace enlightenment we are vibrating at a higher frequency and when we are vibrating in a higher frequency you attract more positive things and you can mm-hmm. say it's from ether you can say it's from god yeah. or you can say that you know you are vibrating in a higher frequency you are able to you know connect to some of the things which is hard to explain but you know that is true that you are able to connect with something which is not there yeah in in your present moment yeah yeah just got a couple more questions before we wrap it up i want to know you're practicing you're a practicing pharmacist at the moment still are you going to continue to do this forever or do you have a plan to completely transition out of this and move into this space more where do you see your future sanjib i uh, means i am transitioning you know transitioning it slowly as you can see that you know i wrote a book i am uh, into my app and you know my ultimate goal simon is to become a speaker you know i wanted to speak from my heart i wanted to give people you know genuine advice i wanted to tell them that you know if i can do it you know any human being in this planet can do it because you know i don't have that capabilities or any abilities to do what i am doing today and i think i do have the information to tell the people that you know this is possible and you know these are the scientific ways people can change it mm. and and not everybody has that kind of knowledge and information because knowledge is power until and unless i'm able to explain you know what is change how to change then only you can change it if i'm not able to explain to you you know what is change and you know how to change and why does human beings don't change you know nobody is going to change it Mm. because we everybody wants to, to change 
but we don't means you know we don't know how to change when i was stuck in my life you know i don't know how to change i wanted to change yeah. but i don't know how to change so that is the reason i wrote a book and that is what i wanted to you know speak in my keynotes that you know what is the change how to change and it is possible to change yeah okay last question for you and i'm sorry if i'm putting you on the spot here but i do ask this to all my guests that come on the whole purpose of this podcast is to speak to people like yourself and others that have overcome limitations and have moved life in the direction that, you know, to become more inspired, to take more control, to take more ownership of their own lifestyle and what it is they want to do. So I just want to know, what does it mean to be limitless for you? Uh, For me, limitless means I wanted to push myself towards the edge to learn and grow and to help others at the same time. Every human being has the potential. The only thing is we have to dig deeper and deeper. It is not going to happen easily. It doesn't going to happen quickly. But if you put your energy and focus to whatever you want it to become, it is definitely going to manifest for you. Definitely. There is no doubt. Yeah. So that is the point, you know, I can say that anybody can become limitless. Anybody can reach their full potential as long as they are ready to, you know, work for it, you know, focus their energy and keep working on it. You know, it will take, you know, three to five years, but you will become, you know, the top one person in that category. Fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on. So Jim, where, where can people find you if they want to reach out to you? Are you available on any platforms at all? So we're going to obviously put the notes or the show notes in here so they can download your app and we'll make a reference to your book as well if that's available. But what about personally contacting you? Is that, is that something you're open to? Uh, yes, people can you know, contact me through the Facebook. I do have a Facebook page for the book, The Man with Zero Talent. I do have the Facebook page for the Luvo app as well. Uh, and, um, you know, I do have my email address so people can contact me, you know, through that also. But I think, you know, the Facebook is a better platform. You know, they can reach me from uh, any part of the world. Excellent. Well, again, thank you very much. Uh, it's been a pleasure to have you on. Oh, thank you, Simon, for inviting me. It's my pleasure to connect with you. And I hope, you know, some of the audience is going to, you know, benefit from it. I'm sure they have. Like, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening, guys. If you got value from this, please give us a like and a subscribe and also share this with someone who you think may benefit having listened to it as well. I wish you all the very best in chasing what is your own version of your limitless potential.